You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back to the NFC East Mixtape, the best podcast ever in the history of the world, presented to you in partnership by Bleeding Green Nation and Blogging the Boys. I am Arjo Joa of Blogging the Boys. He is Brandon Lee Gowden of Bleeding Green the Nation, SB Nation, taking over the universe. BLG, happy football season to you, my friend. RJ, only one more day away from when we're recording this on Wednesday, September 8th at 9.08 in the morning. Uh, not quite 24 yeah, hours. But- we'll go by Central Time. That's real time. Okay, yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> Eastern time, obviously, the definitive uh, canonical time in the world. Um, sorry, everywhere else. So excited to see the Cowboys lose tomorrow. Very, very excited. But before we get into the podcast, RJ, I- I've been starting off the recent episodes with questions You know, for you to answer. Mm-hmm. I believe you said something about Bleeding Green Nation being like third in some capacity on Monday mm-hmm. Football Monday. I-, I wasn't paying super close attention because I usually can't during that show. I have a lot of important, busy things to do. Um, mm-hmm. A couple questions for you. Which <laughs> SP Nation site uh, leads oh. all the SP Nation NFL sites in traffic, web traffic, mm-hmm. regularly? I I don't pay – like traffic is, is arbitrary. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's hard to define – what you mean by traffic? Okay, um, so the answer Bleeding Green Nation. Look, and then which podcast feed uh, leads all the podcasts and downloads? Rachel does such an incredible job overseeing the Bleeding Green Nation podcast yep. network. I mean, you know, my hat's yep. off to her. She is she is truly the GOAT producer. Um, and, you know, who's I, I even said this on Monday Football Monday. Who's not a fan of Above the Nest? You know what I mean? Um, there's there's a lot of action in all seriousness going on with Bleeding Green Nation now. There's a lot of action with blogging the boys right now in the spot that this podcast sits right now, BLG, on the BTB feed. Uh, we have recently had Michael Gallup join the show yesterday on Tuesday, talk 2021 season. We had the season finale of Hard Knocks where we had a very special guest, Shannon Furman, uh, the director of Hard Knocks, who is an Eagles fan herself, joined mm-hmm. us and gave us a peek behind the curtain. This is Look, I know you're coming in feeling all cute and bubbly and fun and whatnot. This has been a stressful week at BTB. You know, like, you think it's cool having a game on Sunday. Imagine being thrown into the deep end right now. You know, we're running a million miles an hour. I had a question for you and everything, and you're coming all guns a-blazing. You know? Just, you know, hey. What's the question? Bleeding Green Nation. Bleeding Green Nation is number one in every measurable sense. However, in my own heart, my own personal power rankings, it's number three on Mondays because of the presence Mm. of Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride. Yeah, I'm I'm a political guy. You know what I mean? Like I gotta play the game. You know what I mean? It is what it is. It's a shame. Uh you have to delude <laughs> yourself. But I mean that's what Cowboys fans are experts in. So I guess it's only right. And yeah, big shout out to Rachel. And by the way, speaking of special guests, I can't say who it is yet because it's a secret, but we do have a special interview coming out tomorrow and Thursday on the Bleeding Nation podcast. Carson very Wentz. very big name. Not not Carson Wentz, but we'll see. 
Mm, very nice. Well, looking forward to that. Look at that. Just big-time guests dropping all over the place. We actually, on that subject, have another big-time guest dropping on the Blog and the Boys podcast network. I don't know if it will be Thursday or Friday, uh, but be on the lookout for that. So, you know, good times in the NFC East. Uh, BLG and I are going to tell you the records for every NFC East team this season. We have predicted each game. I predicted all of the Cowboys and Giants games. He predicted all of the Eagles and Washington games. Before we get there, I have one question and then one serious topic. Um, do you want the question first? The question is probably what you want first. Something else. Yeah, let's get to the question. Um, well, it was going to make more sense in the like introductory minute of the show, but you kind of ruined that with your you know cute little fun mm-hmm. question. Um, I was going to say, since it's football season, what song or movie or show or something reminds you of football season, but like the start of football season, you know, because there's, I don't know if your brain works like this. You're, you have a fascinating brain. Yeah, I'm, I'm in a great mood today. You know, Blue and Green Nation, number one, BLG, number one, but um, there are different songs that remind you of different parts of football season, right? Like there's the beginning, there's the the fall when it's like cooler, then there's the winter, then there's January. So like what kind of reminds you of this part of football season? It could be food too. I mean, just some that, that, you know, makes your heart flutter for September. So there was this Eagles hype video in 2013. I guess, I don't know if other teams do this, RJ. I don't know if the Cowboys do this, but I'm guessing every team does hype videos, but the Eagles specifically release their hype videos like the Thursday before the Sunday game every year. And usually it's a big thing. Everyone's excited about it. And in some years, they're kind of underwhelming. And it's like, man, this this one was like wasn't really that great. Like, it's fine. They're never like, I think, awful. But they're just like kind of like, OK, it's like just a generic hype video. And the 2013 Eagles hype video was not generic. It was like really good. I think it's it's still probably my favorite since all since then, like since all the hype videos since then that is still my favorite one it was just really good there was a song in there that i thought just worked so well it's called um i think it's thunder and lightning by we were promised jetpacks i think they're like a some kind of scottish band um like an indie scottish band it's just a really good song it's like one of those i like a song especially for football or a hype video that like ramps up in general it's like a song that ramps up starts out kind of slow and it builds up and it hits this crescendo and it's just really good and kind of gets you fired up so um, probably that song and that I honestly I could watch that hype video even though all the players are different obviously since then and I could still get very excited for the season just watching that mm, your answer is really good that's a really good answer well done shout out to the 2013 Eagles who beat the Cowboys in the regular season finale shout out Nick Foles and Kyle Orton who couldn't get the job done way to just pick at that memory for me happy about that what about you <laughs> um my answer is not as good um like I said I'm in a very complimentary mood today. I'm very happy. My favorite team plays tomorrow. But um, I always think of, uh, do you remember the album From Under the Cork Tree by Fall Out Boy? Hmm, no, uh, not necessarily. Not well, like I can't envision it. There was a song on that album called Nobody Puts Baby in a Corner. And that song always makes me think of like this time of year. Just, you know, like, because that, that album came out when I was in high school. So just kind of like, you know, it, it more stirs up those memories, but it's it's synonymous with this this part of the calendar. So that's kind of where that goes for me. I had not seen Dirty Dancing at the time that I first heard that song. I would go on to see Dirty Dancing like four years later. Um, and when when Patrick Swayze said, nobody puts baby in a corner, I legitimately for like a second was like, that's the fallout boy song. You know, like I, I legitimately in my mind thought he stole the line from a song that came out 30 years later. So he did. Um, he did. He so, was a big fallout boy fan. Yeah. Um, before we get to the topic I had planned, I just saw this on the timeline while we are recording. Uh, you mentioned the time. Uh, apparently, Howie Roseman said on WIP radio this morning, BLG, he was asked if uh, he would make the Jalen Hurts pick again. And his exact quote, as I'm reading on Twitter, is we loved Carson. 
but we played four playoff games and we needed our backup in every one. So shade being thrown. Look at that. Well, it's, it's, it's objectively true. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I thought it was fun. I thought you would smile about that. I guess I was wrong. Um, okay. My serious topic before we get into uh, record predictions for the season. Uh, did you see in Peter King's football morning in America column this week, what he had to say about the Washington quarterback situation? Uh, no. So he noted uh, that according to Mike Silver, Washington football team, the Washington football team, thought it had a solid offer on the table from Matthew Stafford, including its 2021 first and third round picks. Now, we know, obviously, that the Rams paid significantly, uh, significantly more than that for Stafford, so that didn't happen. But the other part that was interesting is Peter King noted the prime contenders for the Washington quarterback job. And this is a team who you believe in, certainly, and you'll talk about that with their record prediction. Um, a team who, as we talked about then, like they were coming off of a division-winning season, have a great defense, seemingly in the right place. So these are the guys that they thought could be the guy. Obviously, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, and Cam Newton before he re-signed with New England, obviously now available, to Rod Taylor and Alex Smith, who obviously retired. I just cannot believe I like I'm and that this is not like a hating on Washington thing. I'm like if I was a Washington football fan, I would be so disappointed that these were the options that trading up for Justin Fields was never an option that, you know, when Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers were being dangled out there, that they were never an option that like Andy Dalton was second on their list. I mean, I don't know that those things aren't true just because this is put out there. I mean, it seems like this is like the very specific mold they wanted. They wanted some kind of veteran quarterback, which is weird. I guess if that was the only attack, like I just don't believe at all. Like I can't believe they didn't do homework on the rookies. I'm sure they investigated sure. those options and maybe they didn't love them. And that's fine. If you reach that conclusion, if you don't feel great about them. Um, yeah. I mean, not the most inspiring group there. I mean, although Nick Foles did win a Super Bowl, uh, you love Andy Dalton a lot. So uh, maybe not as bad uh, as you think. No, obviously they are really bad. Uh, I just thought that was interesting. So I wanted to, you know, the first thought I had when I read that on Monday was, man, I can't wait to talk about that on the NFC's mixtape with my friend, BLG. So I just did that. So congratulations to me. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> um, okay. It's record prediction time for the NFC East. Like I said, I went through all of the Cowboys games and the Giants games. I've always kind of felt that way. This is volume 21 of the NFC's mixtape. Like th that's my corner, like Cowboys, Giants, and yours is Eagles, Washington. I don't know if you get that vibe. You love the word vibes. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, but so that was, that was why I went that direction. Um, which team do you want to go through first? And I'm excited to see how we each view the division game shaking out. So, um, we can kind of, you know, cross those bridges when we get there. I mean, we should start with the Cowboys just because there's less time until their kickoff game. And if someone's listening point. to this, you know, we got to get to them first. So full disclosure, I like two weeks ago, predicted the Cowboys to win uh, on Thursday against Tampa in a video we did. And so I'm just kind of sticking to that. I maintain that, that they will they will win one of these first two games against Tampa or the Chargers. Um, and they are wearing their Navy uniforms for both of them, which has a lot of people pissed off. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. So, um, but so I so for the purposes of that coming to fruition, even though I hope they're 2-0, obviously, I have them losing to the Chargers. But I do believe that they will win one of those games. But like I said, I, I already said they'd be Tampa, so I'm you know, staying symmetrical with that prediction. But my overall point is they'll be 1-1 one one through 2. Um, I have them beating the Eagles on Monday Night Football in Week 3. Do you, since you picked the Eagles games, do you have that lining up? I have the Eagles losing that game. Okay. So... I want to get your thoughts. I'll tell you what I, I thought, but I'm, I want you to tell me win or loss generally 
based on the quarterbacks that the Cowboys are playing after that stretch of time. Although Jalen Hurts, at, at present time, not the most intimidating quarterback. But so we have, I have the Cowboys at two and one after that Eagles game. Then they get mm-hmm. Sam Darnold. Win or loss to you? Um, I will say that's a win for the so Cowboys. That's what I have. Daniel Jones. Also a win for the Cowboys. So I've got them beating him. Mac Jones. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll give him a loss. I think, you know, I think Mac Jones can play a little bit when, I hey, did. RJ. I gave them a loss did. there. Yeah, and that's like, I know I asked about quarterbacks, but that's Bill Belichick too. Like, you know, it's on the road in New England. The Cowboys, actually, I believe, BLG, that every season the Cowboys have played the Patriots. They have not only lost, but the Patriots have gone on to play in the Super Bowl. So, you know, that's that. Hmm. But um, I might tweet that later. Anyway, so I, I do have them losing to the Patriots. Then they have their bye week. After that, Kirk Cousins. Uh, I'm going to say that is a, I mean, it's Kirk Cousins. How can you, Kirk Cousins always <laughs> beats bad teams. So he's going to beat the mm. Cowboys. So that's a win for the Vikings lost for the Cowboys. Anyway, I have the Cowboys beating the Vikings. Teddy Bridgewater. I think the Cowboys lose one of these two games. How about that? Uh, so, you know, it, like kind of like the, you said, they're going to win one of those first two. I think they're going to lose one. Of the, I, I see you have both Vikings and Broncos as wins. I think they're going to lose one of those two. An important point that I considered there is they have their bye week right before the Vikings game. And, you know, that's yeah. You, know, you can throw, you can talk about that in different senses, but uh, for what it's worth, the Cowboys traveled to Minnesota, which is what they will do this year after their bye week last year. That was the Mike McCarthy watermelon smashing that we heard about. Um, so, so I have to imagine that that will repeat itself. But I do have them winning both of those games, and then I have them dropping. So my my overall point is the first half of the season they've got Tom Brady and Justin Herbert, two very tough quarterbacks. Obviously, Brady's the goat, but then it is like six. Very, very, very manageable quarterbacks. The best quarterback you can make an argument in the, that run of six is Kirk Cousins. And I know you are down on Kirk Cousins, but I mean, there's an argument that he's the best one of that group. Maybe you believe in Mac Jones, right? Like, and, and that's a different thing. Like, he's not proven yet, but that's that's an important. So I was in this, a conversation on Twitter on Tuesday about this because uh, a friend of mine tweeted that, you know, they thought the Cowboys defense would be regarded as good in the middle of the season. And I think they will be, but I think the context of that is, matters. Like, I, I think, you know, we'll see, like I said, around Halloween, there'll be some national show on TV or the radio, and they're like, man, Dan Quinn has really had an impact on this defense. And, that, like, I'm not denying that there will be some modicum of truth to that, but the context of who they will have played will have mattered significantly because of the first eight quarterbacks, six of them are really bad. I think good's a little much. I think it'll be like this Cowboys defense is improved. Like they're not a disaster. They're fine. Sure. Like, they're yeah. Not, whatever. They're not like, they're, they're not there will great, be though. because they're the Cowboys. There will be this hype about how they have gotten better and like they did it. They solved the defensive puzzle, which, again, might be true fundamentally, but it will be a bit of a mirage is my point. I think you agree with that. Yeah, I think you're looking okay. at like an average defense. So I have them at um, six and two through the first eight games. And then I do have them losing three out of four. Um, I have them losing at home to the Falcons. I mm. do have them losing on the road to the Chiefs the Sunday before Thanksgiving. Um, that's the, you know, they have three really, really, really hard games. That's one of them. Then I have them beating the Raiders on Thanksgiving because it's Derek Carr and John Gruden. And that, by the way, first opportunity for Amari Cooper's revenge. It's been a long time that we've been waiting for this. Um, and then I have them losing against the Saints, which is the Thursday after Thanksgiving. So, again, dropping three out of four. And then I have them finishing strong. Um, I have them beating Washington in week 14. I believe you have the Cowboys winning that game as well. Uh, I do have – let me double-check here on my thing. And, yes, I do have the Cowboys – wait. 
Wait, which one is this? I'm totally week 14, messed up now. The first one. This is week 14, the first one. I have the Cowboy. I have the Washington winning that game, actually. Yeah. I, well, you had you had them splitting the series, though, right? Dallas and Washington? Yes. Okay, so you you had the home team winning each game. I had the away team winning each game. Okay, yeah. Um, and, and the reasoning, just so you're aware, that week 14 game for the Cowboys is coming off of a Thursday game the prior week. So they'll get that week and a half, you know, little bump, you know, mini buy, whatever. Um, so I've got them winning and watching. So anyway, you have them. You have the same overall net results. I do have them beating the Giants in between those two Washington games, which would give them a sweep over the Giants on the season. I have them beating the Cardinals in week 17. The Cardinals blew the doors off of them last year. But I believe based on listening to the oddcast, a great show that people should listen to on the SB Nation NFL show. Um, I think you and I are in lockstep that the Cardinals are a bit of frauds this season. And so um, I've got Dallas winning, and then I believe we differ here. I have the Cowboys winning the regular season finale in Philadelphia. Yeah, I'm sweeping the Eagles, RJ, <laughs> your favorite team. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I really don't. For as much as, sure. you know, obviously I have reservations about the Eagles, I do think uh, – I think it's like – Maybe it sounds silly, but I think like a point of pride this season for a lower expectation Eagle season will be like getting one win over the Cowboys. I like I think Nick Sirianni is very like attuned to like knowing the Cowboys are the big rivals. And like I think it's like we have to get one. We have to get one over Dallas. We have to. We have to. So I'm not denying the truth to that. I I don't I'm not see like I got an argument with Pete Sweeney on Monday Football Monday about this. I think the idea that like national people have um, I've really hated on the national media this morning, by the way. But mm. um, but there's a lot of people who are like, oh, man, pff, eight wins might win the NFC East this year. And I get it. You get it. The division was really bad. But there's I like the the idea of that being replicated is so stupid to me. Like, oh, just because it was bad last year means it's going to be bad this year. And I'm not at all saying like, oh, all four of these teams are going to kick ass. So like all four of these teams are going to be really good. But the idea that seven wins is going to win it again. I know there's a 17th game or eight wins is silly to me. Like it will be better because that's the way the NFL works. Like everyone's had a year to prepare. The giants will still be bad because they're the giants, but I mean, it will be better as a whole. Do you agree with that? That the idea of a sub 500 team winning it again is far from reality. Yeah. I don't think seven or eight wins is going to win the division. I can see nine. I can see nine feasibly, you know, being the division leader. Uh, we don't have that in our projections playing out, but like you could, I could be talked into that or even 10, which is kind of, you know, on the lower end, it's double digits, but um, certainly not anything amazing. I think nine or 10 probably can win it. Um, so I don't think it's, you know, a great division all of a sudden, but I, I, and I, and I do think like the AFC South, which I think really is bad and worse could overtake the NFC East as the worst Agreed. division. Totally agreed. And so my point with that is I could see that Cardinals win in week 17, ironically against an old NFC East team being the division winning game for the Cowboys. And so, you know, maybe like, and like, you can kind of see that like that. I don't mean to pick on the Eagles here, but like that kind of happens to teams like, like in this particular case, Nick Sirianni's Eagles beating the Cowboys in a meaningless, what is then week 18 game and being like, we beat them kind of like the way the Cowboys and Eagles did to each other in 16 and 17. Um, so. That's that's kind of where I'm at. I think the Cowboys win the division. I know you think Washington wins the division, but I think they're a 10-11 win team. I think they're right in that neck of the woods. Uh, yeah, I think 10-11 is more reasonable. I thought you were going to say like 11-12. I don't think they're winning 12 games. I think this, you know, the Cowboys still have flaws. I think uh, the defense is yet to be proven as this big and bit like super improved kind of unit. Um, obviously, we'll see how Dak Schuller holds up and everything. Uh, I. Eleven and six. Okay, it seems a little rich for me. I'm thinking maybe more like ten, nine wins, uh, for, maybe even a little bit lower. What it comes down to for me is the quarterbacks they play. 
And so they play three that I would guarantee losses against, right? Um, Brady, Mahomes, and then I Herbert's not in that category, but I would put him in that category. But I, I still do think they'll split the first two games. And then they play a couple of quarterbacks that just because they're the Cowboys and you know, we've seen these quarterbacks have moments, give me some reservations. Matt Ryan's in that mix. Kirk Cousins beat the Cowboys. I know, again, you're not fond of him, but, you know, he's he seriously is among the better quarterbacks of the group. Kyler Murray, right. Kyler Murray is talented. And then Mac Jones is obviously the Patriots quarterback. So you got to factor that in. But outside of that, man, like, and I really, I'm not at all trying to throw shade at anybody, but like Jalen Hurts twice, Daniel Jones twice, Ryan Fitzpatrick twice, Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater, Jameis Winston, Derek Carr. Like there are just, and that's why I do think at the end of the season, even there will be this conversation like, wow, Dan Quinn really improved this defense. And that might be true. Like I'm saying, but the context of who they played on the season as a whole will be so important to the point that nobody can be like, oh, wow, they were the 12th ranked defense by DVOA. They really improved. Again, that might you know fundamentally be true, but the context of it will matter significantly. Yeah, so I'm looking at this. The one last thing I'll say is that I'm looking at, you know, you do have them beating the Bucks, which you already mentioned, and you do have them sweeping the Eagles. I, I, those are two I would take away. I would say they get nine and eight because I don't think they win those games. Yeah, and I think that in that world, and maybe they do beat the Falcons. Maybe, you know, maybe they, I don't know, beat the Saints. You know what I mean? Like, I, I felt like I allotted for natural cause, uh, but 10-11 wins feels right. Uh, let's go to Philadelphia. Uh, go ahead and run through your prediction. Por favor. Yeah, so originally when I did my crazy NFC's prediction after the schedule came out, I think at every team at 8-9, at, uh, and nine, except for Washington, which I had at 9-8, and eight, um, I've upped the Eagles, RJ. Oh, but by the way, big shock. You, you were singing the Eagles song on the podcast this week. What a big shocker that BLG over the rise of the offseason up until the regular season finally came around to the point that you actually suggested on the podcast that Nick Sirianni could win coach of the year if the Eagles he win could. 11 or 12 games was the hypothetical thrown out. I don't do. I think that is like a, you know. Like, do I think that's likely? No, I don't. I don't think it's likely, but I think there's a path to it just because the expectation is so low. It's all about narrative, RJ, when it comes to show us the path. Um, the path is that like Jalen Hurts comes in, he looks a lot better than anyone expects, he takes a big step. The defense with Jonathan Gannon, who was highly sought after this offseason, a lot of teams wanted to hire him. The Eagles wanted to hire him no matter who they picked the head coach, either Jonathan or either Nick Sirianni or Josh McDaniels. Um, the defense plays well. Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave dominate. They have one of the NFL's better defensive lines. Josh Sweat has been having a really good summer. They generate a lot of pressure. The offensive line uh, stays healthy and intact, and they give Jalen Hurts a lot of time to throw. Uh, Devontae Smith comes in. He's a target monster. Zach Hurts is still here. Like, I don't think it's likely because I think there's a lot of ifs there, but I think there is a path there. Um, but anyway, to get to your actual yeah, that's that's what I meant by the path, by the way. I meant show yeah. us the Well, schedule. I thought you meant like the, the, my pitch here. <laughs> Um, yeah, so they start out at the Falcons. I think they're going to beat the Falcons, RJ. The Falcons are starting, or they were starting Josh Andrews, who actually used to be a member of the Eagles like five, four or five years ago now. Like, like how? He was like a practice squad guy, and he was like starting for them, and now he's hurt, so they're playing a backup behind him. It's like Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave going up against that, and like they're off, their interior offensive line just isn't strong. So I feel really good about the Eagles actually this week, even though they're going to Atlanta. Um, and I just, I, I, you know, this, like, I don't think either of us have been really high on the Falcons. Cause it's like, what are they doing? Like, are they rebuilding? Cause they're keeping Matt Ryan, but then they're trading Julio Jones. Like, like, what are they doing? So I, I um, do think there is a, like, if we're talking like there's a path, 
there is a tiny path for the Falcons. Um, what a lot of Cowboys fans refer to as like the Wade Phillips honeymoon, right? Like the the coach that was gets fired. And then a guy who's just kind of new for whatever reason comes in and like it clicks. And that only Energy. really happens when you have the franchise quarterback set, which is what happened with Wade Phillips in 2007 with the Cowboys. They won 13 games, whatever. But I mean, so like that's possible to me. Um, like maybe the culture change, the vibes change. Like I, I, that's not inconceivable. I could I could see the Falcons being like a wild card team in that world. Um, I don't think we're seeing like the 2008 Falcons or not 2008, 2010 Falcons or 2016 Falcons or 2012 Falcons. But I mean, I could see that happening. I don't like there are teams who are doomed this year. I don't think the Falcons are in that box yet. Yeah. And I like Arthur Smith. I it's nothing against him. I just don't know like the overall vibe of that team. Um, RJ, do you know the last time an Eagles rookie head coach faced another rookie head coach in a season opener? Since you love to ask me these questions all the time that like there's no chance that I have an answer for. There's like zero chance you have an answer for this. Um, you, you can't guess it. So I'll just tell you. It was. Uh, do you know what decade it was in? Can you guess that? Um, the 70s. Yes. Good job by you. It was September 16th, 1973. Philadelphia's Mike, Mike ah. McCormick versus St. Louis's Don Coryell at Veteran Stadium. So no. uh, there you go. Historical thing with uh, Nick Sirianni facing off against Arthur Smith this weekend. But uh, yeah, so I have them winning that game this week. Uh, I think they win at least one of their first uh, three, but uh, it's it's a tough kind of little stretch there because then the 49ers, that's Rob Sats Guerrero's 49ers come to Philly. Um, I think that's a loss for them unless they beat the Falcons. Like I think one of those two is, is a win. Uh, then they are at the Cowboys. I think that's going to be a good game, RJ. I really do. Monday night football. But it's in Dallas. I'll give your Cowboys the edge. Um, then they get the Chiefs. That's another loss. So I have them starting one and three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see. I, I actually think it's more likely that they lose this Sunday and then win next Sunday against San Francisco. Because that's that's the like weirdness of the NFL, right? Because then it's like, how do you lose to the Falcons? You know what I mean? But then you come in and you beat Kyle Shanahan, and like I could see them like even dominating the 49ers. And then every everyone like that Sunday night is like, what happened? Like what what do you know what time that game is at the top of your head against San Francisco? It's like an afternoon game, three o'clock game. Whatever. I think it's, yeah, I don't think it's prime time. I think it's okay. One. So like yeah. that's the kind of night where like when um when fo- football night in america starting on nbc and you're kind of like still in the fog of it you're like what ha- like how this happened you know what i mean like you, like i could see that happening so i will flip those results but i agree they're not go- they're not starting oh and two uh to the point that we have to hear all about the playoff percentages when you start off oh and two and how you know oh, you love that i hate that so much but go ahead so oh, oh one and one and, oh no one and three sorry to the first three. What used to be the first quarter can't even say that anymore because now they broke it. But go ahead. I know that's that's a shame. It's freaking <laughs> odd number. Anyway, uh, then they go three and one. Then their next four games, I have them because they get the Panthers at the Panthers. It's I just you know it's I like Matt Rule. I really do, RJ, and I like Joe Brady. But like it's Sam Darnold, and I just I can't I just can't buy into that. I just can't do it. Um, maybe we're sleeping on him too much, but I will I will very much like take the L on that when I see it. Like there's no reason to give Sam Darnold the benefit of the doubt, in my opinion. Uh, then they get the Bucks on Thursday night football. It's in Philly, but you know I think that's going to be a loss. I think that's tough. I think the Bucks are going to be pretty good still. Uh, then they have two road games, and I'm winning both, which maybe is a little dangerous. Um, it's at the Raiders, who I just think are just such a juiceless team. And there's going to be a lot of Eagles fans in Vegas, like the first trip ever to Vegas. Like that is the mm-hmm. number one Eagles road game. You know, RJ, we're doing those uh, top uh, road game destination uh, posts uh, for. 
uh, our SB Nation sites. I'm going to have a post on that about bleedinggreennation.com for that Raiders game. Then they get the Dan Campbell Lions, who maybe like that's a, a trap game because they get the Chargers the next week after that, and they, they, they drop that one somehow. But for now, I'm going to give them the win just because, again, it's like it's kind of like the same thing, They're a little bit different with the quarterback and Jared Goff and and Sam Darnold. Like I just can't I can't buy into Sam Darnold. I can't buy into Jared Goff. Yeah, so I agree with everything you just said. Uh, like I said, this is great, great harmony happening today here on the mixtape, um, especially with the you know Vegas being the top destination. The game I chose for the Cowboys was Kansas City, so strong AFC West vibes there. But um, I could see like, and I know like this counters my fellow high on the Chargers take, you know, like yours. But like I like kind of you know, not not to just like rearrange or anything, but. I could see them dropping the Lions game because you like you talked about Nick Sirianni. I think Dan Campbell is really aware of like, you know, I don't say like NFL blue bloods, but like big NFL teams, big NFL markets. So like, you know, like couldn't you see like I don't I don't mean to like continually meme Dan Campbell, but like the week leading up to them, like him playing like like a, a video of like Rocky getting like, you know, devoured by like an actual literal lion or something. You know what I mean? Like being like, oh, man, we're going to tear these dudes apart. And so I could see like maybe the Eagles drop that game, but then like beat the Chargers, you know, like because even really great teams like we both think the Chargers will be will have like a weird game, you know, like even the Chiefs last year when they lost to the Raiders. So like maybe we look back after the totality of the Chargers season and be like, how'd they lose to the Eagles? You know, like so I could kind of see that going that way. I certainly agree they'll lose to the Bucks. Um, the Raiders are, you know, man, what a shame that they are juiceless. You know, like it's not a shame that the Giants are juiceless, but like. The Raiders are the Raiders, and they're in Vegas, and they have John Gruden. You know what I mean? And like the fact that they're so juiceless is so disappointing. Um, but also, right now, you have them at four and four. Is that correct? You have them at 500? Am I reading this right? Uh, I believe so. Four and yeah. five. Four and five, sorry. Uh, four and okay. five at this point in time. And then... Uh, oh, and they'll beat the Panthers. Another... I agree. Sorry, didn't mean to you know, yeah. not give Sam Donald any airtime. Another one in three stretch. I am losing to the Chargers. Obviously, if you listen to the SB Nation NFL show, you, you know I think the Chargers are going to be very good. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl just because it's hard for like first year uh, quarterbacks in the playoffs to have that season success historically when you look at it. But I think they're going to be a very good regular season team and better than the Chiefs. So I have the Eagles losing that game. It's in Philly. I think Justin Herbert's going to light up this defense. Then I have them losing the Broncos. I am no Teddy Bridgewater believer, but I just think it's in Denver. I think the defense is going to be tough. I think it's just it's just going to be a tough place to play. Um, yeah, it's going to be like, like a frustrating, like a like a fifteen to nine sort of game or something like that. Yep. It's just, like ugly, of, right? Frustrating loss. It's like how do we lose to Teddy Bridgewater? Like, come on. So yeah, um, and this is later in the year, and it's like the Eagles' white uniform is like just disgusting. You know what I mean? Like, and you're it's just like you're just disgusted with this game at this point in time. For sure. Uh, I haven't beating the Jameis Winston led Saints, even though the Saints really don't like the Eagles and the Eagles beat the Saints last year, which probably ended up helping, you know, Jalen Hurts cost the Saints. Let's, let's please. He did you know, pay proper credit in his first NFL start. Yes. And, uh, and, and the, then the Eagles beat Taysom Hill. Like, let's let's be clear about that. They did. But, you know, it's still I mean, for as bad as the Eagles were, though, RJ, like, it was, you know, it's still a good win because the team stunk. Sure. And it was Jalen Hurts making his first start. And I know it's Taysom Hill, but like. You know, the Saints had other talent on the roster. Like, you should be able to beat the Eagles. Um, uh, then they get the New York Football Jets. Wait, no, sorry. I took over the Giants because the New York Football Giants. So Ooh, the actually, back-to-back MetLife run yeah, there. Yeah, did you see that? I was just going to yeah. ask, like, did you notice that? Yeah. Uh, so a little trip 
uh, up and back. I don't think they're going to stay in North Jersey. RJ, that's kind of a joke, by the way, just in case you thought that was serious. <laughs> I don't think they need to stay in North Jersey uh, in between those games. But yeah, I think they I think they actually lose to the Giants, and here's why. I think I mentioned this before when we did our predictions earlier when the schedule came out. But like the Giants, I know they're bad, but like they want this. This is their Super Bowl, RJ. They want the Eagles so bad. Like They care about it so much because they didn't make the playoffs last year. Like This is... This is like the one must win, like circled game on their schedule. They wanted the Giants wanted the Eagles in week one. I don't know if you remembered that. I uh, so I think the Eagles actually lose this game because like the Giants are going to want it like so much more. See, I disagree. And so spoiler alert. So I picked all the Giants games. I have the Eagles sweeping the Giants. But again, like if you've been listening to this show, I don't think you're surprised that I'm down on the Giants this year. I, I think that that will certainly be 100 percent the case. And I think. The way the disposition you described with Nick Sirianni and I hypothetically described with Dan Campbell, that will 1000% be Joe Judge, right? Like he'll have, you know, he'll play that like clip of, you know, whatever. I don't even know what clip it would be, um, you know, like the week 17 game last year between Philly and Washington and be like, they stole our division. You know, like it, it will be this like stupid, you know, dumb, ridiculous speech or whatever. And then they'll lose because that's what they do. Like, I agree with you. They will have that you know mantra for the game but they will lose this is maybe the worst offensive line in the nfl is that fair to say or challenging for that mantle it's in the conversation i don't know that definitively is it could be okay so they're in the conversation so the one of the worst offensive lines in the nfl is part of an offense that is coordinated by one of the least imaginative offensive (laughs) coordinators in the nfl who has one of the least reliable you know, star players from a health perspective in the NFL in Saquon Barkley. In fact, the word two days ago on Saquon was that he thinks he'll be ready to play this Sunday in week one against the Broncos. Like, how do you think? Like, you know, this is the the time for being cute with like, oh, I'm going to report or whatever. It's like it, that time is dead and gone. Like you you have to be ready to go now, Saquon. Um, also, behind all of this, you know, pillar of stability, you have one of the most turnover prone quarterbacks in the NFL in Daniel Jones. So. I mean, the secondary is good. That's that's all I can really say about this team. But their offense is so bad. I mean, just unbelievably bad. I think this could be not like the Broncos game we described, but like there won't be much necessary for the Eagles. Like they could win this game 17 to 10. And that mm. that one Giants touchdown comes like in garbage time. That's like near the end that makes the game look closer than it really was. I think they lose. Um, you disagree. It's fine. Then the Eagles have a late bye week, uh, as you see here, and That's then they ridiculous. finish up. It is. It is a very late bye week, and then they finish up with four division games, as we talked about, which is kind of insane. But it's, I think they beat the Washington football team at home. Then they get revenge against the Giants, so they only played a few weeks ago, uh, or about like a month ago at this point. Then they lose against the Washington football team in Mar- Landover, Maryland, and then they end the season with a win over the Cowboys to finish nine and eight on the air. So, wow, look at me being positive about the Eagles finishing, having them finish with a, a winning record. I've been saying I have them at like eight and nine. Um, I feel like maybe eight and nine, nine and eight. I think maybe that's where I'm kind of coming down on them. So you have them splitting every division series, right? Yes, and you, you you actually have them winning all of the home games and losing all of the road games. So you went pretty chalk here, um, yeah. In in that sense, I would say I like this game that I'm just making up right now. If I have to pick two wins and two losses that I could see going the other way, you know what sure. I mean? Like kind of a plus minus here. Um, the two wins that I could see maybe being losses outside of like obvious things, 
I would say the Falcons, just because they okay. we st- we still don't totally know. I'm like just from an NFL perspective, very interested to see the Falcons this week. Um, and then I I guess I I know I said the Lions. I mean, I I'm not trying to throw you know hope at the Raiders, but like maybe you know what I mean, For like the Saints oh, maybe. Well, so that's I'm talking. Um, oh crap, yeah, yeah maybe the Saints. No, like, I see. I think they'll lose to the Saints. You know what I mean? Because. Yeah. The, the the Saints. I trust Sean Payton more than I trust John Gruden. So that's why, like, I could see the Falcons and uh, Raiders games maybe going the other way. Losses that you had for the Eagles that I could see maybe going the other way. I mentioned the 49ers just because you know weird stuff happens. Like you know you, you can't just and like especially if they run this two quarterback thing. Like we're talking next Sunday at this point. Um, and another loss that I could and then see the Giants. Being, you said, yeah. I mean, but outside of the Giants, just to be interesting. Um, you know, the Chiefs, like, I'll throw that out there. Like, cause, <laughs> I mean, no, like, you and I are both not down on the Chiefs, but, like, we've both said on the Espionation NFL show, we think there's some regression is hard or harsh to, to, to describe it, but we think that the Chiefs are coming a bit more down to earth, still well above, you know, mortals, but coming closer mm-hmm. to earth. Um, and I, like, if, if we buy into this, like, Nick Sirianni, you know, vibe, maybe that's the game that he gets everybody to get up to. And like, may, you know, maybe the chiefs don't start this season, like eight or nine and no, like maybe they have an early loss to a weird team like this. And I, I could kind of see the, those stars. Alive. Beating Nick Sirianni beating two or three head coaches ago. Uh, I mean, two coaches between the last uh, in between Andy Reed, you know, like, wouldn't that be weird? Isn't that? And also just, that just hit me. Like, isn't that weird that the Eagles have had two different head coaches since Andy Reed is their head coach, but like Andy Reed is still like doing great as ever and like better than ever. And he's thriving. Like that's weird. I, I always find it weird that nobody really talks about Andy Reed, the Eagles coach. Like, I feel like that just kind of gets cold. And maybe that's like in my world, it gets ignored, but I feel like it, it's not, it's not like he was there you know, for like a cup of coffee. You know what I mean? It's not like Pete Carroll with the Jets or the Patriots. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like he was there forever. You know what I mean? He was it, really it hasn't good. even been a full ten years. Like we're approaching that, but it hasn't even been. It's only it's only like what nine right now that he's is he the gone. is he the greatest coach in Eagles history or is it Doug Peterson because of the Super Bowl? Uh it's Andy Reid. I mean, just like this right. is same success. I mean, they should have won a Super Bowl. Obviously, they didn't. But like, I don't, I don't think you can hold that against him. I don't think Andy Reid is like the only reason they didn't win the Super Bowl. Mm. Um, that to have that kind of success is like crazy. Like, I think you've talked about this, RJ, before, especially with the Saints, like the dynasties that weren't. Um, and I know Football Outsiders has talked about like that stretch of Eagles teams in the early two yeah. thousands. That's like one of the best stretches in NFL history. Uh, that, oh, like, it's one of them that a team has ever had. Five straight. NFC championship games like you know and that's why like to go back to our Chiefs point like we both said in different spaces that like this would be what the fourth straight AFC title game for the Chiefs right because they lost to the Patriots and they beat the Titans and then they beat the Bills last year so this would be just the fourth straight appearance so like think about that like I always found this amazing um about Phil Jackson prior to the last uh Lakers titles is he had every title he had ever won came as part of a three-peat, his first two three-peats with the Bulls and then his first three or his only three-peat with the Lakers. And so it was like he never, ever won a championship like on its own or at the time until it was just a back-to-back. I mean, like, that's amazing. So, like, imagine if Andy Reid, like, people love to talk about, like, oh, Brady and Peyton have both won Super Bowls with different teams in different conferences or not even Brady's done different conferences. But, like, imagine if Andy Reid takes two different teams to at least four straight conference championship games that's absurd i think that has to i know it's like 
his success with the Chiefs didn't come with the Eagles. That's a very obvious thing to say. But like, I don't think you can totally divorce that. I think that absolutely, like, he gets, he still gets some credit for that because it's clear, like, this wow, this guy is an amazing coach. It mm-hmm. wasn't just like everything was right and it was for it. And just to have the success over such a long time, RJ, like, how many guys get like figured out in the NFL like over time? And, and these anti- these older coaches specifically, and they're so antiquated. And like, Andy Reid hasn't been there. Like, that's crazy. That's, that's, I mean, he's awesome. He's the man. I, I don't mean to take away from Andy Reid, but like, obviously, incredibly you know incredible timing incredible incredible work to find Patrick Mahomes and whatnot like I think so much about um like to go back to the NBA like when LeBron went back to Cleveland like you know whether you like LeBron or not like that was a cool story like in and of itself but the unfortunate timing that that literally lines up with the beginning of the Warriors dynasty you know what I mean like if you're LeBron you gotta be thinking like are you serious you know what I mean like I finally come home and like this is what I run into um and then you know like I think about John Gruden a lot like okay after a decade, I'm going to come out of the booth. I'm going to go back to coaching. I'm going to go to back to the Raiders where it all started for me, et cetera, and literally lands during Patrick Mahomes' first season as a starter. You know, like that's just that's just unfortunate timing. Um, but some people are on the positive end of that, like Andy Reid with Patrick Mahomes. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, okay, um, let's quickly fly through the Giants and the Washington schedules. Obviously, you know, oh, and for what it's worth, uh, I know, BLG, that we promised a roundtable to people for the second mm-hmm. week in a row. But big spoiler alert, it's difficult to line four schedules up. So we're working on that happening at some point in the future. Um, you know, nobody forgot. But you want to do Giants or Washington first? Why don't we get to the New York football Giants? Because they are so bad. And uh, it'll be easy because it's just like... Lost, mm-hmm. lost, lost, lost. Um, so uh, I actually did them. Obviously, you didn't, but uh, I have them starting the season. Did I do this? Did I put this right? I guess I apparently I have them. I oh, I was gonna say. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, wait, I didn't do this. I was like, wait a minute. I have them beating the Broncos. Uh, explain yourself. Since we're getting into week one, spend a little bit more time on this, please. So the Broncos are such a weird team, and I, Teddy Bridgewater's fun. Certainly have rooted for him as a person. Not a believer in Teddy Bridgewater, the quarterback. Certainly think there's talent with this Denver roster. But I think teams like that need a, need a little bit to stabilize, you know, to kind of figure out how they win. Um, you know, they they traded a six-round pick for Teddy Bridgewater this offseason. You know what I mean? Like, this is all incredibly new to them. And there is some bit of continuity to the Giants, obviously. And more than anything, I think, you know, Sit, like if we if we play this week out, you think the Cowboys are losing to the Bucks? Um, I could see, I know it. yeah, right. I I could see um, Philly losing to Atlanta. Um, Washington plays the Chargers this week, right? So I think I think we both think they're losing that game. Um, so I could see a world 
where the Giants get the only win this week. And then next week, after week one, it was like, whoa, Joe Judge's Giants are leading the division. They should have <laughs> won it last year, but the Eagles ruined it for them and blah, blah, blah. And then just like the bottom falling out. That's really like the tiny little high I can see them reaching. They will win a game. They won't start off like 0 and 5. They will win one. And of their first five or six, I think that Denver is the most likely to win, uh, as evidenced by their schedule. So I don't know if this logic makes sense to you, but their first six games, I do have them beating the Broncos, and then I have them losing in Washington. I have them losing to Atlanta. Even if Atlanta sucks, like they might, I think they'll still lose. I have them losing in New Orleans. We both have them losing against the Cowboys, um, or both think they will. Um, and then I have them losing to the Rams in week six. So they are one and five through the first six games. Do you disagree? I think maybe they can get a second win, maybe like over the Falcons. Um, uh, if you're looking optimistically, if you're, if you're taking an optimistic look at this, or maybe they upset the Cowboys or Washington. It's so weird, RJ. Like I'm thinking about how the Giants swept Washington last year. And how does that make any sense? Because we all know Washington's defense is really good. I mean, obviously, I know it makes sense because Washington had terrible quarterbacks. But even so, like the mismatch of Washington's defensive line against the Giants' offensive line just seems like too great for that to still like not matter at all. Um, but yeah, uh, I it, think I think this is fine. They had three wins that were surprised. They they beat the Seahawks. Remember that was and the Colt McCoy well, game. Like that was weird. That, and some of that's, that's Pete Carroll, people, though. Yeah, but like the Seahawks have weird things happen to them, so that's normal. I know that the whole you know. Pacific Northwest area, like kind of lumping the Chargers in there, it gets weird football results. But um, so anyway, so I have them at one and five. You think there's life heartbeat that they could be two and four? Um, Maybe. So uh, in week seven, I do have them beating the Panthers again. Same Darnold tax. Um, yeah. I have them losing against the Chiefs. Big shocker. I have them beating the Raiders because that would be a very Raiders thing. Is is mm. losing to this team that sucks? You know what I mean? Um, so at at week 10, which is their bye, I have them at two and seven. Do you think that's inconceivable or ridiculous or do you have a thought on that? I don't think it's inconceivable, but yeah, maybe like three wins, four, three, four max here. Um, yeah, actually, I have them at three and uh, five. I was wrong. So or three and six. My bad. Okay. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's, that's three, a little three bit more and reasonable six. to me. Three. Um, yeah. So three and six. They come out of their bye. Man, what a treat. They, they go to Tampa coming out of their bye. Boom. Mm. No. Uh, so three and seven. Then then I have them. See, like, you think they I might know, be. RJ. I don't know. Remember, the, the Giants played the Bucks tough last year, late in the season. It was a two-point loss. I think there was, like, a garbage time touchdown there for the Giants. But they did, like, look competent against them. I don't know. I feel like that's, like, that. maybe I'm not having them beating the Broncos. Maybe I'll take them, to, like, to beat the Bucks. It's, like, it's this weird win. They're coming okay. off their bye. Um, but, yeah, so then that, that'll be their weird win. We have them at three and eight, ultimately, through that point okay. in time. I have them. So if they're three and eight, at this point, or three and seven, excuse me. Um, they're not beating the Eagles, you know, or it just I don't see it. I know you do, you think it's their Super Bowl, whatever. I don't yep. think that's happening. So that's three and eight. Then they go to Miami. I've given them a loss there to a such a big question mark in the NFL as mm -hmm. a whole this year. Maybe, I mean, that's that's one that I'm willing to say could go either way. That's um, a grim revenge game. That's true. Um, after that. The Chargers, dude, think about those road trips. They got to go to Miami, which isn't like terribly far, but then they got to go to LA. Like, that's it's a lot of flying. Uh, then they get the Cowboys at home and then they visit Philadelphia and they visit Chicago. The, the Chicago game is week 17. If Justin Fields is not starting by week 17, holy crap. I mean, whatever. I mean, you will. <laughs> but 
I have them losing every game coming out of their bye week. That's um, seven mm. in a row until their week 18 yeah. game against Washington. And that one I could kind of see like, you know, just whatever, like silly division stuff like we've talked about already. But overall, a four and 13 record. Do you think that is inconceivable? I think seven losses coming straight out of the bye is a little a little tough on them. I think they can win at least, again, one or two of these games. So I think you're maybe more looking at, let's say, overall more of like a five uh, and 12 type thing. Yeah, or like six and ele- uh, six and eleven. Uh, yeah. Do you think if I mean it wouldn't really matter, but do you think they would be draft pick watching if they are really bad entering that week seventeen game against the Bears? Um, you know what I mean? Because they have Chicago's first round pick. Like they have both picks, so it's not like winning or losing impacts them. But if Chicago is you know in the playoff, if Justin, you know, we both because of narrative, agree that Justin Fields could come in, win Offensive Rookie of the Year, say he does have success, whatever, say Chicago's challenging for a wild card spot at that point in time, New York might be like, this game is for our draft pick. You know, like some people love to throw out, like, we should have the worst two teams in the NFL play, and the winner or the loser gets the number one overall pick or whatever. Or the this winner, kinda, I thought. Whatever. But this, this could yeah. kind of be that. Like, this could kind of be, we need to beat the Bears to keep that pick, you know, closer to 19-20 as opposed to getting up there and giving them a chance to go win a wild card game and push our pick even further back. There are some very interesting draft pick implications to follow this year. Obviously for the Eagles, RJ, you know, with the Eagles having the Dolphins first round pick next year, and then the Colts potentially depending on Carson Wentz and everything, uh, Carson Wentz who might miss playing time because he's not getting vaccinated. Uh, but also the Bears angle is really honestly it's kind of scary because I know you're thinking Justin Fields is going to be great and going to win the Super Bowl in year one or whatever like everyone else. But uh, like that could be really scary though because like if they're bad and they could be pretty bad. I think you have to acknowledge like that offensive line isn't good. I don't, don't think agree. we're super believers in Matt Nagy like in terms of I mean he's in jeopardy. He's one of the coaches in jeopardy of being the first, yep. first head coach fired. Like things could go pretty ugly for the Bears and that would be really scary. Like what if they're in the mix? For like you know, even number one overall, like, I don't think that's in, I don't think it's impossible that the Bears could be in the mix for number one overall, and that's terrifying because the Giants get that pick, like, or at the very least, um, the Bears could have like a really nice pick, and the Giants will have a very high pick, so they could trade up to number one if potentially if they really wanted to, depending who gets that number one spot and if there's a quarterback available and everything. So, uh, like that kind of that's one of the scariest things about this season. That low key terrifies me, like the Bears being bad, and the Giants getting like another really good pick. I mean, they might just screw it up anyway after that, especially if they keep Gettleman, but I don't think they will uh if they're bad this year so but yeah i'm just i'm just saying that like that kind of worries me a little bit i think people think it's inconceivable that rookie quarter or teams with rookie quarterbacks could could have the number one overall pick but that happened um five years ago uh no the titans uh after marcus right uh no they josh rosen and you're right actually you're right that's a great point uh, so it's actually happened. I was going to say the Titans with Marcus Mariota in 2015 okay. got got the number one pick, and then they traded out of it. So like, even if the Giants right. like at that point, you know, didn't want to use the pick, they could they traded like to the Titans' point, they traded out of it with the Rams, the Jared Goff pick, um, and so they could pick up a bounty of picks off of that one move from last year. But that would involve trading back again for Dave Gettleman, assuming he's there. But you're right, it or, did happen with the Cardinals. Or you have a really strong offer for Watson or Russell Wilson or whatever. Like those, like those are unbeatable. That's if you a great get like point. two, you get like let's say two picks in the top five, and you can. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that, how do you beat? How do you outbid that? Right. Um, okay, Washington. Give us the rundown. Oh, so but we agree. We're talking like four or five, maybe six wins the ceiling for the Giants this year. Uh, I think like you're looking at maybe seven 
or eight for the, the absolute ceiling. But I think you're feeling bright and sunshiny, BLG. Happy football season to you. I mean, that's not really true. I just think uh, <laughs> I think there's like I, I could see, you know, like maybe Saquon gets healthy at some point during the season. And he goes on a tear. Like I could, I could it's, it's possible to me. I, I think I just don't think they're going to go on that seven game losing streak like you have them. So I'm thinking more like six. Um, but whatever. Uh, going on to the WFT, the Washington football team. Uh, you know, you have the Philadelphia football Eagles, the New York football Giants, the Dallas football Cowboys, and now the Washington football team. I have them starting off the season with a loss to the Chargers this week. I mean, again, I'm all aboard the Chargers hype train. So how could I possibly? And then, then here's the thing, RJ. But what if the Washington football team beats the Chargers, who we both believe in a lot? How are you feeling then? Um. Honestly, I would be more bummed as a Charger stand. You know what I mean? Than I would like worried that okay. Washington was was in the mix because, like I said, I could see the Chargers dropping a weird game. Like I even mentioned that against the Eagles. Like you know, I don't think the Chargers are infallible. Like here's the thing: like we're both believers in the Chargers, but like uh, like to that take, we have to remember these are the Chargers. Like they can't like just get rid of all of their demons. You know what I mean? So like there will still be some chargering that happens. So like. I could see that happening, um, and again, it would give me more cause for concern that maybe the Chargers aren't going to be because I want like I actually think a you know this is now like a, a production meeting in the off season we should do a non NFC East teams fans or non NFC East teams that we're fans of show um, mm. and talk about teams we like. Um, Bills so, for you, yeah, right. Uh, Chargers for you. And so, like, I kind of, you know, I would be bummed as a Charger stand this year more than I would be like, oh, my gosh, Washington really is good. But go ahead. Okay, fair enough. But I just wanted to spend a little more time on that since that's the game this week. Obviously, in future weeks of the NFC Mixtape, we'll get into the games, you know, probably right looking ahead and then also recap the week uh, before. Um, I haven't beating the Giants. Then losing to the Bills, who, you know, it's in Buffalo. I think it's a tough one. I've been beating the Falcons, who, again, I'm not super high on, but don't fully know what to make out of them. And I've been beating the Saints. So I'm starting out at three and two. Mm, three and two. Um, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't, the Falcons play such an interesting role here because they obviously play, so do the Saints, obviously, playing the entire NFC East this year. Um, I don't know that they'll make an impact. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that they're going to come in the, the Atlanta, New Orleans, that is. And just like, you know, like remember two years ago, Minnesota swept the NFCs, like something like that. You know what I mean? Um, I, I could see them splitting those two games. You know what I mean? But overall, I, I do think two and three, three and two is kind of where they'll be after the first five. Okay. Uh, pretty solid. Pretty fair. Then I have them rattling off three wins in a row at the Broncos, which I think will be a tough game, but will be a quality win for them, even though it's just Teddy. It's still a good quality win after having to... I mean, maybe I'm going to regret this because they're playing at Chiefs, at Packers, at Broncos, and that's three road games in a row, and it's typically hard for that team to win that one, but if they did, it would be impressive. And then I have them beating the Bucks because I think the Washington defense can kind of stifle Brady a little bit, and then I have the Panthers, obviously, I think we basically I think we have the Panthers going 0-4 against the NFCs, which shouldn't be a surprise given how we don't like Sam Darnold. But uh, yeah, so three wins in a row after that to go 6-2. and two. I think that's really rosy. <laughs> like I, Because I, I think only th- there is certainly a path, a very seeable path that Washington is a good team this year. And like by good team, I mean wins the division, maybe is competitive in their playoff game, whatever. But the elite teams are six and two. You know, like I don't think they're that good. 
um, mm. personally. So this the first the six wins you have at that this point in time again. Just to recap, Giants very seeable, like very possible. Atlanta, New Orleans, um, Denver is very possible, and then Tampa. I the Atlanta, New Orleans, the, the whole the NFC South wins there are difficult. Um, okay, so five and three or four and, and four, and you you have them sweeping. Not to jump ahead. Oh no, you already talked about Sam Donald, but you have them sweeping the NFC South. Like that's also yep. really rare that we see. Again, we we saw Minnesota do it, but like you know, I just I also it's think Ryan Fitzpatrick revenge tour. Yeah, you mentioned um, the three games in a row on both ends of that at the beginning and the end. They actually play four out of five games on the road. So like of their five games in the front end and the five games on the back and they play. So they ultimately of their, they play their first two games at home and then they have two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games of their next eight games. Six are on the road. That's tough. And actually, if you go even further than that, seven of their next 10 games are on the road. That's a really hard, you know, thing to get over, but maybe they do it. I mean, the way to do it is to play great defense and to buckle down, but we've both talked about this, like defensive success is so hard to replicate like in totality year over year. So there will be like that regression could be where like, you know, they have a a down game against like Matt Ryan, you know what I mean? Like if, if they're off on that particular day, so that's the kind of plus minus I can see. Yes, but I think you bet on the coordinator being there still and Ron Rivera being there still. I think you bet on the defensive line still being really young and really good. Like, I, I totally – obviously, we agree on defense not being sticky. But it's, it's a little different, let's say, than the Rams who lost their defensive coordinator and lost some defensive talent like, uh, you know, John Johnson uh, and like Troy Hill and a couple other people, right? Um, so I think it's a little bit different in terms that Washington retained a lot of what they have and they're they're so strong in the trenches that I feel, you know, good about it still being a really good defense. Um, but anyway – uh, so I have them losing to the Seahawks then at that point. Uh, I have them beating the Raiders. Again, we're not really high not on yet. the Raiders. I, I see that. Totally. And now this is where we get into the, whatever you want to call it, the death stretch, the super stretch of the Washington football team playing five NFC East games to end their schedule. And I have them kicking it off with a win against the Cowboys. Did you, I, So you disagreed with that one. You had we, it going the opposite we, way. Yeah, we had the other. We had the games flipped. We had the I, – I have the road teams winning. You have the home teams winning. But either way, we have them – you know, both right. teams it, going one and one. Same result. Um, then I have them splitting with the Eagles as well. Uh, as you already said, kind of I had a chalk with the Eagles winning the home game, losing the road game. Then I have them finishing with a win over the Giants. So they have them sweeping the Giants. And that puts the Washington football team at 10 and 7. Now, look, I feel like – this is kind of getting to their ceiling. This is like a favorable outcome for them. I think it's a fair point by you that maybe I, I was a little rosy, but I still think like, okay, take a win or two away. I still think you're looking at like a nine and eight team. Uh, I, I think they'll do better than eight and nine. I think you're looking at like a nine and eight. Team. I think they have a high floor and they have a low ceiling. I think that's what Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of puts you at. So to kind of play my two plus or minus games um, game with you, um, like you have wins against the Bucks. And I'll say the the Falcons, like you know, those are the Cowboys. You know, the the one game they beat the Cowboys. Those are the ones that I could see going the other way. Certainly the Bucks game. The Cowboys is so contingent on like you know, football is very different in December. Uh, but those are the two that I could kind of play jump rope a little bit. The two losses you have for Washington that I could almost easily, not easily, but you know, more easily see going the other way. Like I think they're much more likely to beat the Seahawks than they are the Buccaneers because like okay. that's that's the you know if they you know. We both love Russell Wilson, but like he he creates a lot of sacks for himself. You know what I mean? And like against a defense like mm-hmm. this, like I could see that happening much more That's so than like like Brady can outthink this 
okay, not easily, but it is Brady. Um, and then the Bills in week three. And I love the Bills, as you mentioned. But on the subject of regression, mm. like jo- Josh Allen is not going to have the exact same level of accuracy this year that he did last year. I still think he'll be very good. But we do tend to see, even among the elite teams, like kinks being worked out early in the season. And I could see this like, you know, you love to talk about like the Mike Tyson thing. Like I could see Buffalo getting punched in the mouth. Like maybe there's like a pick six, you know what I mean? And then like uh, a fumble recovered inside the 10 yard line. And like in the blink of an eye, Washington's out to a 14 nothing lead and Buffalo's game plan is completely distorted for the week. And then Washington's just able to kind of hold on. Like I could see that much more than I can a little bit other things that you had going. But so that's a loss for Washington. I could see being a win. Oh, that's another Fitzmagic revenge game going True. back to Buffalo. That'd be that'd be kind of fun. That'd be big. That would be big. Um, okay, so uh, our final records. Um, I had Dallas at eleven and six. We agreed they're kind of like around a nine to eleven win team. Ultimately, um, you had Philly at nine and eight. I think they're right in that. I think they're winning eight to nine games. They're in in that neck of the woods. Uh, I don't think I had, they're winning double-digit games, to be clear. I don't think the Eagles are getting there. I think it's eight or nine, and I think that's a good season for them, Like depending on the context of it all, but I think that's a good season. Um, I had the Giants at 4-13. and 13. I'm, I'm hard-pressed to give them more wins than that, but you know you want to be nicer, so hey. Uh, and then you had the Washington football team at 10-7. and seven. I think that I could see like 7-10, and 10, right? Like, like mm. if things broke the wrong way. I could see... 10 and seven. Like, so I think they're like that. Those are their ends of the spectrum. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's somewhere in between um, and, and the weirdness of football playing a part. Last thing I wanted to say uh, for this episode, BLG is on the Washington football team. I know I mentioned the quarterback thing earlier, uh, but Tanya Snyder was on Adam Schefter's podcast and said that eight final names remain for them, assuming they do change from the Washington football team. And they are the Red Hogs, the Defenders, the Armada, the Presidents, the Brigade, the Commanders, the Red Wolves, and of course, the Washington football team. Do you have a thought? Do you have a favorite? <laughs> like, um, I think it has to be... J.P. Mm. Finley, uh, who covers the team, um, does a great job, uh, noted that he believes it will be the Commanders. Which would oh, That's terrible. That's horrible. That's like it's one of the worst literally, ones they can possibly Literally take. ripping off an Alliance team. Shout out to Greg Ward. Um, well, football team is just. I would. I would rather just stick with football team than be called the Commanders. I also um, like Armada. Like, relax. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think you need to say Red Wolves. Like, what do you need to say? Like, we don't need to say the Philadelphia Eagles or Philadelphia Green Eagles. You know what I mean? Like, we don't need. Like, I know. Well, I know why it's paying homage to something, but like, it feels a little too bit like too much of like we're just kind of covering like we're kind of sweeping the dirt under rug from the other former our name they used to use so maybe like wolves would be better and kind of like pay tribute to the red wolves history like that like kind of pay like tribute like homage to that um but like without like appropriating it full on um and and obviously the alliteration there too the washington wolves so yeah yeah I, that's a good point i kind of like the hogs like not not even the red hogs like just that's an ode to like your team's history i kind of like that Haven, shout out exactly i mean i like that defenders sucks like what if your defense is really bad you know what i mean like you set yourself <laughs> up to look really stupid like in the future the brigade is awful um, And what do you call people who like stand for that team like you're the defender defenders uh, like that's a great a point legal defender yeah. um but I kind of like presidents, like just because of the you know no. area. Like, I mean, look, I I'm not like there. None of these are great options, but like that one's topical. It makes sense. Like, I like. I think that the fact that the Nationals' name is that is cool. You know what I mean? Like, I like 
I, I like the 76ers name. Like I like names that make sense like that. You know what mm. I mean? So um, you like the 76ers name. Your favorite color is green. Ben, You're on ben Simmons podcast. is my favorite nba player he's awesome okay he's well he's not going to be here for too much longer so good luck with mm, that we'll see about that 76 we're going to trade joe and b and keep ben simmons it's going to happen uh but anyway the podcast for that uh so uh yeah everybody enjoy week one as blg said we'll be back next week to recap it all uh to tell you who's great who's not who sucks who's awesome blg the last word as always belongs to you cowboys are going to lose those three words four words more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.